right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 387 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian, I think. Yeah, I am. Um, joined today by St. Louis KISS Lonnie. Marcus Almighty Mark and the voice of reason, the 69th Blizzard. Hello. Can, gentlemen, good to reconvene our Council of the Elder to pontificate Mm -hmm. about all matters historic or not. Or this week we're just going to troll through the board and pick some topics that grab our attention. But let's start off with some new purchases and uh, news items if anyone's got anything of interest to share from either of those (coughs) areas of discussion. I do have uh, something, a couple, just a couple things related to the Destroyer 76 uh, 45th anniversary. Um, there's there's the, the slip mat, and uh, and then I got the, also I got the the, the, the the poster. So oh nice, really thick. it's hard to. That. So I'll probably frame that. I'm thinking I'm gonna frame the uh, not the slip mat, but the, but the poster. <laughs> so, but that's Thanks all down. I got. Oh, and uh, I'm waiting for my uh, European colored vinyl for a destroyer. <laughs> It's it's on its way somewhere between our countries. Well, good luck with that. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, hopefully can it's I, in one shape. On international deliveries something? at this time of year. Mark, may you say something? Of course you can. Okay, so uh, just for those who are waiting for their Project Gemini stuff, it, it is in mail. It is in route to you, but you know how mail is right now, so please be patient. I've gotten, you know, I sent Joe a copy of that Project Gemini the Ordinary Day lace cut. It took him two months to get it to England. That's That should give you a little overview of how mail is right now. So uh, it's in the mail. Just please be patient. Uh, also, for those of you who are interested, um, almost done the mastering of the new record. It will be out on time digitally in January. And uh, yeah, I'm, we're also writing the next Dark Monarchy album in January as well. So that's going to be done as well. And I'm still extremely pissed off at Kiss Online for charging me $60 customs tax for the stupid box set, which I refuse to pay. And I haven't picked up my box. It's still sitting at DML. And uh, it's not because I didn't want to get it, understand, because they've given me such a effing runaround with this stupid fucking thing. I've tried, I tried to pay with my PayPal. It didn't work with my PayPal on their site. I went there to pay it in cash. They couldn't accept cash for some reason at the at the actual HUD office. Your money's like, no good here. I know. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, this is take the stupid money, give me the damn box. You keep sending me emails that your your package is waiting. Well, then take the fucking money and give it to me then. Like, I don't understand here. Like, it's I just I don't even want to see anything with Kiss Destroy. You think you think I hated it before? You just wait till it, the, the, all this is all this is done with. Okay, sorry, I had to blow that off. I was in a bit of a mood earlier today, but thank you for letting me vent that out. Well, you forgot something. What's that? Your Christmas EP's out, and it's really good. Oh yeah, good. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, congratulations yes. on that. It's really fun. It's that time of year. It's your fourth Christmas EP. Um, was it two instrumentals? Or is it three instrumentals? Three and one singing. Three and, and one and with one both. and one vocal, and it's really groovy. I'm gonna. I haven't had a chance to put all four of them together like I do usually every year. Is as each one is added to, I then just play them and uh, stack them all together in my playlist. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So uh, Thank yeah, you. yeah. Check out Project. That makes Gemini, me feel a lot better. Camp. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have any new purchases. Ken, you did post uh, the latest news to come off the Kiss My Wax Facebook group, which is. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a. It's like a teaser, I think, of uh, from Michael Kohler, who actually um, is involved. Was involved with the Destroyer um, European stuff, and it's a. It's the back cover of the music from the Elder. And he's kind of, it's a little short video and he's waving it and you can see the reflective nature of the cover. It's like a foil 
type uh, cover. So people are speculating what that is. Maybe it's the one that was already part of that, you know, picture disc one, um, or it's maybe added a newer, uh, another release uh, for the Elder. Uh, we don't, we don't know for sure yet. So the Germans are up to it again, and it looks like <laughs> it's uh, the Elder cover printed in the same manner as Kiss Killers was on right. a metallic mylar-ish type uh, print stock of some description so do we know whether it's a double lp 45 rpm half speed mastered um mm. you know version of the the vinyl or is it just a custom cover for a german pressing they seem to have done a pretty good job though historically of splitting up and differentiating product in different markets so in germany you did have the silver vinyl double platinum rather than the gaudy god-awful american ones which i refuse to buy just for being you know some of the worst looking product ever they did do the kind of uh, salt and pepper splatter best of solos they did of mm-hmm. course the incredibly good. impressive uh kiss killers which i'm so still thrilled that you got a decent copy of ken and mine was worthless due to damage in, in transit mm-hmm. and that's why i won't well. order from them because um uh, well it's luck of the draw and just with how how shipping is at the moment internationally, as Mark has just said, on sending an LP to mm-hmm. England, mm-hmm. I recently sent a package to Germany, and it you know it was four pounds of cassettes and CDs, but it still took a hell of a long time. And I've had packages mm-hmm. come uh, from Europe and elsewhere that really look like they've done a couple thousand miles via donkey so (laughs) it's it's tough times to buy product and have it delivered swimming duck well you know i went into amoeba in san francisco you know for record store day and it was so nice to go through the vinyl and see kiss destroyer there and see all the corners not dinged you Hmm. know no folds from improper packing and you know Number number one to actually purchase in a mom and pop record store in my local community and contribute to the economy and jobs there. So yeah, you, you know it, it is an upside and a downside. Upside is the Germans are doing some incredible stuff, and if Michael's involved, you know the qualities there with uh, the attention to detail yeah. that went in. Just look at how so, glorious that Kiss Killers was. So curious though. So this this is going to be a separate German release of the Elder. Anything being found out about the other version like the picture disc from the elder like has any of that any news on it has it any of it sent yet or what's no, going it's on march, it's march next year it's march oh okay, I'm in okay. March. yeah i didn't order any of that stuff i'm just curious that's all my order didn't get canceled so <laughs> you know and that one goes on to i actually pass. ordered t-shirts that's what i ordered well, for that i ordered it i ordered a elder based t-shirt i didn't mm-hmm. order any of the albums or anything what about you, Lonnie? Did you order any of that stuff? I ordered the Rock and Roll Over and the and the Elder vinyl. I didn't get the uh, the limited edition hmm. Elder. Either. Oh, the picture disc you got, yeah. I didn't. I did not. I did not get the picture disc. Oh, the Rock and Roll Over. You didn't get that one. No, I got. I got. The, oh no, I got the picture disc, but I did get yeah. the limited edition. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to walk into a meeting. It came out of the meeting and it was gone. So. But yeah. had I ordered it anyway, it might have been canceled. So. <laughs> So, Lonnie, why don't we start off with you on a, a topic from the board for our discussion today and something that's piqued your interest this week? Well, going out of character, I'm going to go with a topic that struck my interest. Um, and I have to find it again. But it was, what were you expecting from Kiss after Revenge? I thought that was interesting, surprisingly enough. Um... Who's the poster? I'm trying to find it right now. I saw oh. that topic. Yeah. Did you see it? Some, I didn't make it up. But I, I'm just not talking about <laughs> revenge for the sake of talking about revenge. I know. It really, it really is on the floor. It's, a, it's okay if you are, by the way. That's perfectly fine. Um, but, of course, I can't find it right now. Can, if you, oh, here it is. The Kistianic Entity posted oh, that. It was a shock. If you can believe that. 98% um, of all topics on the board at the moment are by that one person. It's just it's just stream of consciousness, I think, right now, more than anything. But he talks about how um it you know the 
he he says that I just read it. He says I think that revenge did not quite work as a comeback album, despite being successful and going gold, because the album cover was way too reminiscent of Skid Row, another late '80s hard metal band. But and Unholy and Domino, I just thought were great songs, but not featuring the smash hit quality. Blah blah blah. blah. He says, what, would you, what did you expect? After Revenge, I think releasing a live brew is a big mistake because they had a new member of the band. Yada yada yada. So what was I expecting after Revenge? I obviously really enjoyed the album as a as a uh, as a teenager and was looking for more of the same. And I, I, I didn't get to go to the show. My brother went to the show. You know, he, you know, told me all about it. He got me got me a T-shirt from the show. Gave it to me for Christmas. You know, because he felt bad I didn't get to go. And you know, I, I I wanted and he was telling me about the show and I wanted to see that show i wanted to see i grew i grew up with kiss without makeup that, that was my kiss growing up i wanted to see that show with, with bruce and eric and i wanted another hard metal album in the same vein as revenge and as excited as i was when the reunion happened in 96 there was a part of me that was disappointed because i didn't get to see that show that lineup and and, and we all knew once you put the makeup on there was really no there was no going back again. You weren't going to take it off again. It would have been, you know, you know, even Kiss couldn't have done something as goofy as that. So, you know, I, I wanted something more in, in the vein in the vein of Revenge. And 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 when Carnival of Souls finally came out, you know, I was like, oh, this is this is this is what I've been waiting for since 1992. And it, and we talked a little bit about Carnival on the, sh- on the show last week, and, and Daniel asked me about it. And, and I enjoyed it, and I, I enjoyed it more at the time than I do now, and I still enjoy it. But what, what I was looking for was more in the vein of revenge than what we ended up getting. You know, sorry, Mark, maybe something produced by Ezra in, in the same vein, and not, and not totally right. Yeah, Mark, what's your take on that topic? Actually, I, I think that I'm kind of in the same boat as Lonnie, because, I mean, when that album came out, actually, uh, I know, for example, my drummer in the band at the time, was just elated with the record because he's a big Eric Singer fan and he loves Eric Singer as a drummer and when he heard that he was in Kiss he was like at first he didn't believe it like get out of here because like he he had heard Badlands and stuff like that and he loves his drumming style right and so when he was in there and we saw the video to Unholy and all that we were like wow this is really really good you know we both got the album you know and you know as you all know there are certain songs I don't like but overall the the record was was really good and it was like a big step up sonically. And it was also a sort of, uh, you know, just overall, I thought the guitars were better. There was more power to it. Everything just sounded much better than the previous album, which we know was, you know, uh, uh, hot in the shade. So I, I, I loved it. And I didn't get to see them in concert. I don't remember why I missed the show because my other friend, he ended up going to Toronto and, and seeing the show. Uh, but it's i i was hoping that there was going to be more just like like lonnie i was hoping that there's gonna be okay another record with these guys uh you know when on a live three and all that came out you know most people don't like a live three i i kind of liked it when it came out uh, i thought it was you know a pretty good representation especially of you know eric singer's all over that like his drums are very present in the mix of that album and I thought he did a great job, even with the old material. And my drummer guy, my friend Jerry, even said, he goes, this is the first time that I actually can say that I like some of the old Kiss songs because of the way Eric Singer drummed them. You know, they, he gets, he puts a little bit more razzmatazz to it. So I was hoping that that was going to continue. And when they announced the, the reunion, I was at first excited about it because I had not seen Kiss in makeup. But I'll tell you, my friend, he was devastated. He was like, oh, no. And he, like, he, he just didn't want it. He was had no interest in seeing Peter Chris back on the drums. He had no interest in seeing them. And that he, he thought that that era was just not his era of Kiss. He just didn't like it. And he honestly stopped listening to Kiss from there on in. You know? And so I, I was hoping the same, that, that they would have continued down that path. Because, you know, I was listening to a lot of heavier stuff at that time, too, you know? In one way, while I was excited to see the makeup kiss again, to me it kind of represented sonically a step backwards. They were never as heavy, or they were never known as a kind of, you know, heavy, hard-hitting band. They were known as like a an image band, 
that had great concerts and great shows that had you know catchy songs and that's about it but the 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 whole you know a revenge era was a totally different thing sonically and you know technique wise and everything else ken yeah yeah revenge was great yeah i was hoping for another you know something follow-up that was similar um yeah, we got a live three and all that, and then we had to wait for Carnival, which of course they put on hold uh, for a release. But um, I do remember when in at the worldwide Kiss conventions, and I saw them in San Francisco, and I remember someone asking Eric about the the new album that they were recording. I don't think it wasn't named yet. Um, the follow up to Revenge. And uh, you know, uh, you know, what is the music like, or something like that? And he said it's 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 much, you know, it's a lot darker. He said, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, hmm. you know, I thought, well, maybe a more evil kind of thing, or or something, you know, like that. Um, but I thought I expected it to sound, you know, not too far off for, from Revenge. Uh, but now, you know, looking back at that comment, or just thinking about it. It's like, oh, he meant darker. It was a lot darker. I mean, even mm. the sound itself, you know, that grunge kind of sound and 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 the music and the lyrics, they, they are a lot darker, you know, the subject matter. Um, so I was like, oh, that's what he meant <laughs> when, I, when I listened to it for the first time. So, I, you know, I was expecting, yeah, a, a good follow-up to Revenge. It, unfortunately, it wasn't there. Carnival Souls is pretty good. I, you know, I, I like certain things off of it a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't the right direction for them to go that way. Um, another one of those chasing a trend too late. Um, so and we've talked about that before. But, yeah, I was, I was expecting something more like Revenge. Yeah, so I, I, I was hoping for something. And, you know, that sounds really stupid, but, you know... <laughs> A live, a live three wasn't it, you know, and coming out with that live album so soon after a new member joined and it not really following the form of the previous two alives, I didn't think yeah. it did any justice to it. And then we got Kiss My Ass. There wasn't that much activity going on in the Kiss world. Um, and yeah, we now know or think we know more about what was going on. You know, the tour was not a success. So I missed the Revenge tour, clearly, because... Uh, I don't even remember the club tour or being in tune with it in 92 when I was still in Scranton. Um, mm. and, and then they were in, in Britain in, uh, April, in May and I was still in the States. And then I moved back to, to Scotland in, in August and then they go on tour in the U.S. So I, I, I missed the whole <laughs> revenge era. All I had was Metal Hammer and Kerrang! <laughs> And uh, by that point, Seattle had taken a chainsaw to Los Angeles, um, and I was actually listening to a lot of Megadeth, um, Uh, Nirvana, um, Tankard, and Halloween. And and that was about the the wheelhouse of the music, along with Pink Floyd. So musically, I, I, I checked out for those years. You know, you'd still occasionally see them. I went back to university in, in the UK, so I, I wasn't following them as closely. But they weren't doing anything in 93, 94, and it would have been a ripe time, instead of doing these stupid projects like Kiss My Ass, to have actually gotten in there and banged out an album, rather than trying to be Alice in Chains two years late. Um, you know, Carnival Souls isn't the right album for Kiss. and But what would I have liked them to have done a follow-up? I just would have liked them to have done an album you know in 93 or 94 to have come off the failure of the tour and just gotten straight back to work and Mm -hmm. kept going you know because 92 when i heard that album it felt like a reset to 83 84 like it was going to be the beginning of a string of similarly themed albums Mm -hmm. not there's the album it's not a success okay here's an here's a live album all right here's we're going to do our own tribute and you know here's a nine penny coffee table book that i can't that i can't afford um so it it wasn't that so you know again it's all hindsight now we know more information i don't clearly remember you know 
funny. The funny thing about that tribute, now that you mentioned it, was I remember initially, I was kind of excited about it because there was this talk about all these bands that were supposed to be on there, that were supposed to be involved with it. And then what we got afterwards, I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, It really was a disappointment in that sense that there was nobody on that you know, tribute that got me excited. I think the only band on there, if I, if I, if my memory serves me correctly, was not Anthrax on that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think An that extreme. was the only band that was kind of like, okay, that that's that's cool. I mean, even even Extreme's version of Strutter was horrible, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love Extreme, yeah. you know. So, but the the rest of it was just not what I expected. They had they named so many big bands that were supposed to be involved in them. Where were they? Then none of them showed, you know. I guess it was another one of these gene things where he, you know, hyped the hell out of it and then just it didn't pan and out. There's, yeah. And then there's no Guns N' Roses, there's no Metallica, there's none yeah. of the big boys of the day. Megadeth, you know, none Jackal. Of the, none yeah. of that's that. Oh, Jackal, come on, push them to the show. Yeah. That was a good album. Yeah. They were um, to be on it too. Yeah. So you get all all oh, these kind of Anthrax is so predictable because they were just popping out covers left, right, and center. Yeah. You know, it just made a nice change to. Um, Sabbath ones. So, yeah. all right, let's uh, move into Mark. You know, why don't you pick a topic from the board? I surprisingly, I am prepared. I have one. So, so this is the one that I picked. I'm curious to hear your guys' reaction to this. Uh, this was posted by the Kissianic Entity. Another one, two for two. Okay. Which is, <laughs> I'm on the show. Yeah. No. Which is uh, anomaly is a big masterpiece. And the real follow-up of Ace Freely '78 in terms of Kiss, in terms of songwriting, approach, production, musicianship, and skills, just an absolutely brilliant record from start to finish, and the best post-Kiss solo album for sure. Space Invader and Spaceman did not recapture the magic of Anomaly, sadly and unfortunately. Anomaly is a masterpiece. I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that he must be sniffing something because Anomaly. While it was, you know, a, the comeback that we were waiting for for so long. I remember that ridiculous ad commercial with that guy in the motorcycle when he came in on the motorcycle and that guy was talking with that little kid, you know, about, you know, Ace Freely's new record. I thought that was the most ridiculous promo thing I've ever seen. But anyways, you know, they were hyping it up as this big comeback record. And, you know, some of it is not bad. I'm not going to say Anomaly is terrible. But to me personally, and I'm curious to go around and ask all you guys of this, but I think spaceman absolutely flattens it that completely kills i think spaceman is probably one of my favorite ace albums that he did for sure like the, the, i think he did a great job on that one to me it, it it's still the one i listen to i don't spin space invader i don't spin anomaly very much but i do go back and i put on spaceman probably more times than i put some of the other ones on i mean maybe it's just me but that's why I'm curious to go around and see what you guys think about this, because I don't think Anomaly is the masterpiece out of those ones mentioned. Do not adjust your television set. You have entered the Twilight Zone. Lonnie, <laughs> respond to that. Well, well, I don't think Anomaly is a masterpiece. I, I certainly like it and prefer it over Spaceman or Space Invader. If I had to choose really? between... Okay. The three that he, the three albums that he's released in the last, I guess it's twelve years now, whatever it is. Um, Anomaly is my favorite, and, and it's one that I go out. I will definitely go back to over Spaceman, or see, I can't even think Space Invader. I can't even think of the name of it. Um, well, there, there's decent songs on Space Invader, and there's decent songs on Spaceman. Um. I, I just think I just think Anomaly's better. I, I, I'm not calling it a masterpiece because I, I it does have its clunkers and songs that I that I will skip every time. I, I, I really don't listen to Space Bear very much when I you know when I when I listen to Anomaly. It's not something I really pine that I, that I really want to hear. But I I think and, and yeah the commercial yeah Mark I'll agree with that. the commercial with the guy on the motorcycle that was really really corny really stupid. <laughs> but but I think. I think that that Foxy and Free in Outer Space and and the cover that he did of Fox on the Run. I, I Sister, think good. Sister's on there. Sister's on there too. That's great. I, I, that's perfect. 
and it's a great life. I think that's that's a decent that's a decent and fun song too. Um, not a masterpiece, but definitely my favorite of of the three that he's put out post post Kiss reunion for sure. What about you, Ken? Yeah, um, I don't think Anomaly either is is a uh, masterpiece. Um, it's a solid album. It's a pretty good album. Um, maybe it would have been a masterpiece if Bob Ezrin produced it. I don't there know. you go. Boom. Oh. <laughs> Kramer. That's, uh, that Kramer. 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 There. Kramer. I mean, oh, yeah. That, that's now you're talking. Kramer. That's the only one who should be working with Ace. That would have been, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I like uh, Space Invader. <laughs> uh, mm. That's that's the one I like. Or I'll just go back to the original uh, Fraley's Comet, you know, debut album, or even you know the '78 solo album. Obviously, is the best one of, of all. But uh, I, I I like Space Invader a little bit better. Uh, it's, it's just more to me more consistent, uh, you know, from song to song. Um, I think, but. Uh, I think the production of Anomaly is better than Space Invader, though. Um, but, yeah, that's just my preference. Yeah, I think there's a correlation between a decline in the quality of production and sonics of these albums and the decline in Ace's hearing over the you know past few years. No, the, you know, no, he has hearing issues. We, we all know that. But I think his ability to actually hear the separation, even with aid... Um, mm-hmm. it is impacted and he did have you know Frank Munoz helping him and Marty Fredrickson also assisting on Anomaly mm-hmm. now is Anomaly the rightful heir to A78 hell no for me it's trouble yeah. walking always is always will be yeah, yeah that's a good um, album mm-hmm. trouble walking is great it's really number two in terms of um, Ace's albums, but again, that's because it's produced by Eddie Kramer and it's got Richie Scarlet and that you know X factor mm-hmm. Richie brings into the mix. For me, my taste. I know some people really don't like Richie. I get it, but I actually do like that what uh, what he does and the songwriting as well that he contributes. A lot of those were his songs on that album. So Anomaly, you know, it's a good album. It without a doubt. Do I listen to that one a lot? No, I'm actually Space Invader uh, for his postmodern albums. The most and i actually really? enjoy his origins a lot more you know i, I find those mm. actually just because they're different and I, you know it's like listening to greatest hits but you got a singing them so Anom- anomaly still got some very very good songs too many faces i think is one of ace's finest to this day um i think a little below the angels is one of his worst it's right down there with dolls for my taste mm. you know sister and foxy and free which are kiss cast or well yeah, sister was as well. Um, you know, to get those on an Ace album were really cool. So there's a, there's a lot of good stuff to say about it. But is it the air? Hell no, no no <clears throat> doubt. And, and I really, love, I, I, sorry, go ahead. I would love Ace to work with Eddie or a, an engineer again. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be Eddie Kramer, Eddie Solomon, for that matter. Just to work mm-hmm. with an external third party to do that side for his work and someone who understands ace and who ace completely trusts with his music mark no it's just uh, i find this absolutely fascinating because from what i remember when we went and did the spaceman kind of review i thought most of us were actually kind of giving it a, a thumbs up you know i thought i know a lot of us thought that you know without you i'm nothing was pretty good rocking with the boys like the gene assisted songs were pretty good so i was actually surprised that now as time has passed that our opinions of it has have changed so much, but hey, that, that, there's no right or wrong. It's just I was just curious as your to your reactions of the records now, right? Yeah, once you're over the thrill of having new music from one <laughs> yeah. of your the artists that's been a, an important part of your life, you know, then you become a little bit more critical. But I think also for myself, as I get older, I listen to the stuff that I grew up with. I'm back into a comfort zone. You know, all this week has been a lot of Floyd, a lot of Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. um, a hell of a lot of Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through an eight hour playlist yesterday and I was just like, wow. Yeah. So 
I'm, I'm going back into a comfort zone, and yeah, I'm still excited when a new album comes out, say the new Halloween, which is one of the standout albums for me in recent times, but I go back mm-hmm. and listen to Keys 1 and 2 a, a lot more, and, Jer- and Walls oh, of yeah. Jericho way more than I do the stuff that comes later, and maybe that's just natural. Mm-hmm. All right, Ken, your turn for a topic. Okay. Uh, first of all, as I, can we say you were stoned after listening to them for eight hours? Anyway. I, I okay. was utterly. Stop it. <laughs> no, no, uh, Bloody just told you off. I got yeah. <laughs> I, I got one here um, from uh, Kiss Army Sergeant. Um, it, the, the caption is uh, you know Kiss or Alice. Um, it says he was having a discussion with a buddy about the who is the bigger act based on an entire body of work. Alice Cooper or Kiss? Uh, they were looking at ticket prices for both shows, and Kisses are significantly, you know, more. Um, but I think that has to do with uh, them having a bigger crew, plus all the bells and whistles at their shows every night. Thoughts? So, I, you know, for me, um, Kiss with the makeup is a lot bigger than Alice Cooper, uh, I think. Uh, and, and and that's, I think, part of the draw for their, you know, their shows and everything. That's why they can sell more seats than, you know, Alice and so on. Um, but I think Kiss with, you know, with not makeup, uh, they may, may run a little bit, you know, uh, eat more even uh, in, in, the, in that case. So, um, I, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I mean, body of work. And then you say body of work. And you say body of work. I mean, Alice Cooper has a lot of albums. And he's still recording yeah. a lot of great mm-hmm. albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kisses. And a lot of his songs you'll hear on the radio. You know? You'll hear, you'll hear a lot of his songs more than Kiss on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. Especially yeah. back in the day. Um, a lot more um but even today so i i'm just gonna say you know it's 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 hard to really say um but you know for me it's yeah it's always kiss but that's my preference of course because it's you know the my favorite band um but mm-hmm. though i i love alice cooper i do love alice yeah. cooper. i wish kiss well, would have kept you know recording i'll i'll say this um I do listen to Kiss more than I listen to Alice. I've listened to Alice a lot more in the last five, six years than I have in a long, long time. Um, There's, you know, when you go album to album, it's interesting the comparisons because, you know, you have the connection of Bob Ezrin with Alice and with Kiss. So you have that kind of connection with it. But, you know, some of the early Alice stuff I find a little wanting like that pretty pretties for you is a little hard well, to listen to yeah, that, 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 that that stuff is a little unlistenable yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> but once but once you get to like you know love it to death and all those records yeah. and you know mm-hmm. all those ones they're, they're just they're just fantastic i i really love those ones like billion dollar babies is, is fantastic schools out is great you know all those records are good and even you know even though i'm not a big fan of like flush the fashion you got to you know look mm-hmm. at it at at, at the point of like that was maybe his elder you know what i mean like where he took a complete yeah, u-turn yeah. musically and it's something that people were kind of shocked at but the one thing i'll give alice cooper major major props for and something that i think kiss fans might be a little envious about compared to alice fans is number one like you mentioned he makes music still now i mean detroit stories came out not long ago and that's that's actually a pretty decent album and the one thing about that album that I find that's very interesting, which I think, again, KISS fans might be a little envious of Alice fans, is that Alice went ahead and brought back people from the original Alice Cooper band on that album. You know, could you imagine if KISS made a record and brought back members of the old, you know, party back in on it? I mean, I think this is where, where you know, the, the KISS fans are kind of like, you know, fuck, man, look at Alice, you know. He brought back his old members. Why can't KISS do You know what I mean? Like, I can see that happening in the minds of some KISS fans. But that, that's why I got to give Alice a bit of, you know, a nod of the hat because he, he keeps writing music. I mean, the man's in his 70s right now, you know, and he's still touring and he's still doing stuff. And, and he puts on great shows. And, and, you know, he hasn't really slowed down. He's still doing the guillotine stuff and all those things he still does. 
that made him the big draw that he is. And, you know, I think that he's just stayed the course. And I think that's really important. And like I said, Detroit stories may not be the, the greatest thing since, you know, billion dollar babies, but it's a decent record. And, and that whole thing with him bringing back those original members did draw a lot more people to the record, I think, than if he didn't do it. All right, Lonnie. Alice Cooper. Um, I love Alice. And I listen to him quite a bit. Um, probably, you know, right up there with, with, with Kiss or Guns N' Roses as much as far as um, artists that I like and artists that I listen to um, on a consistent basis more than anyone else. And probably the act I've seen the second most amount of times. I mean, I, you know, I, I've seen Alice come through every year for years, you know, anytime he, he comes to town, it's like, you know, I have to go. I've, I've, I've waited. He played, he played a small theater here. It's going back a few years, but, um, I, I took the day off work and just sat in line first in line all day. Cause I wanted to be right up against the stage. I mean, I, I, that, I mean, I, to that, ex- to that extent, I, mean, I, I, I really enjoy Alice. Um, and I agree with Mark in the fact that I, I really enjoyed the fact that he puts out new music on a fairly consistent basis, especially for a guy who's who's in his 70s, who has no intention of quitting, has not pulled a farewell tour card, knows who he is, appreciates who he is, you know, knows that, you know, I, if I'm going to play a big venue, I, I it's a it's a co-headlining type thing. And if I'm going to tour by myself, I'm going to play a, a, a decent-sized theater or a smaller theater. I am who I am at this point in my life. Um, I'm, I, and, and he's accepted that, I think. Mm. And, 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 and he's at peace with that, where, you know, yeah, I, I used to sell out Madison Square Garden in the 70s, but, you know, but, I, but I am who I am, and, and, he, and, he's, and I think he's happy with who he is. So, and I... And, and, Obviously, because he still puts out music, and and he knows he's not stupid. He knows well. This album isn't going to go top ten. This album isn't going to go gold. But he loves the. But you 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 one would think that that he loves the process. He loves the creativity. He wants to express himself through new music. He continues to want to express himself through through new music. And I agree with Mark. Is is Detroit Stories billion dollar babies? Is it Alice Cooper goes the hell? Is it from the inside? No. But it's good. It's still Alice Cooper. And I love the fact that one of my favorite artists still puts out new music. You know, he you know, he he didn't put, he doesn't put out new a new action figure line every <laughs> every three months. He he puts out new music on a fairly consistent mm-hmm. basis. And nothing against the action figures, but he he does do you know, he to his credit, he's he's true to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the original topic was who's the bigger, the bigger act. Well, Kiss is a bigger act because they're selling, they're they're playing bigger venues on a consistent basis. Um, but Alice is fun though. I mean, an Alice show is fun. It's it's Alice is more of a Broadway production in my mind than than Kiss is. And like at a certain point, this is going to happen. At a certain point, this is going to happen. And then he's going to die. And then we're going to bring out the guillotine. And then he's going to die. And then he's going to come back. You know, and and when he dies. Chuck Garrett's gonna sing "I Love the Dead," and you know it, it's more of a it's more of a production than than a Kiss show is, mm-hmm. um, and maybe a little and but and but you could say maybe a little more predictable than a Kiss show is because at this point this is gonna happen at this point this is gonna happen, but he mixes up his set list too. Yeah, and it's not the same set list. Yeah, at all. Yeah, now he does play "Schools Out for Summer." He does he does play "No More Mr. Nice Guy." He does play Poison. There, there are five or six songs that he has to play. But other than that, you don't know what you're going to get from tour to tour. That's an excellent so, point. Line. So that's that's another one that I will give Alice Cooper. Not only does he create new music, but he switches up his. Mm-hmm. Alice, I did that. I think was it this year or last year? I, I went through his albums from start to finish. I've never been a big Alice Cooper fan, um, mainly because time when I was getting into music I loved Raise Your Fist and Yell that was the first Alice Mm -hmm. album I bought um, other than Greatest Hits Um, and after that came the stupid Hollywood shit Trash and Hey Stupid which I despised with a passion so you know I I wasn't 
much into Alice at all. Kiss is definitely the bigger act. But I think Alice has a bigger body of work that remains an uh, integral part of what's left of American radio programming. Um, you know, there's probably 10 or 15 Alice Cooper songs that you can hear on the radio versus maybe five by Kiss. So mm -hmm. from, from that, from a body of work perspective, Alice wins. And as you've already mentioned, he's still making music. Last album of his I bought was Welcome to My Nightmare 2, whatever the second one was, mm -hmm. um, which I did enjoy. The last ones I really loved was <laughs> Little Planet and Dragon Town. So, you know, I think he's backed himself with a very capable rotating band of players who motivate him to keep you know keep moving forward whether it's you know making new music switching up set lists whereas you've got tommy and eric and kiss who could do that role uh but they've got bookends on either side of them the bookends of <coughs> no not interested in doing that um and yeah. again the the response of the audiences now uh, i'm again i don't follow alice cooper closely but on this tour where he went out with ace i did watch some of the shows um just for curiosity and you know the first one i tuned into they were playing feed my frankenstein which is a, a song i really like it's a zodiac mind warp song you know and it goes back i think to wayne wayne's world so you know i was thrilled by that as well as hearing some of the hits and some stuff that i didn't immediately know i like the the point about uh what was it zipper uh, you know that zipper catches him. Yeah, zipper catches. That, that he did go out of his comfort zone as well. But when I went through the catalog, you know, I, I found the Alice Cooper band is where I sit the happiest because once it gets to Welcome mm -hmm. to My Nightmare, I think Welcome to My Nightmare is horrendously overrated. You know, I I just don't I don't get it. Alice Cooper goes to hell. I was like, please. Um, and then Lace and Whiskey, you know, it was all downhill oh, after Muscle of Love for me in, in terms of my tastes. But yet mm -hmm. I remember Constrictor coming out and the excitement of Alice, he's back. Oh, the man behind yeah. the mask, you know, and how you can hear that. But, you know, short answer, kiss. Um, all right, I'm going to I'm going to do one. Um, so I had, I had four. We've got time for one more topic. Let's see. Um Global Kiss High Points. What do you think are the biggest international moments in history? I didn't even read the question. I just took the title. I'm going with it where I want money. Biggest international moments in history. Well, I, I think you have to start with, with Tiger Stadium and with MTV Unplugged. Um, I mean, those, those talk about historic events. It's both of them. I mean, Number one, Kiss doesn't play stadiums in the U.S. hardly ever. And the fact that, you know, they, they played that stadium, sold it out, blah, 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 blah. And it was the first, and it was their four original members back and make up thing, something that Kiss fans and um, America had been pining for, for for quite a while. And and they reacted in the manner in which they did. Um, so th those two come to mind immediately. And I think of, you know, historic world war was a historic or worldwide phenomenon, whatever it was. Um, and then, and then, and in the 70s, I, I, I don't know if there's a, I don't, and, and you guys may, may, may say something, but I don't know if there's a moment. I think it was more of a, a progression and more of a building and, and, a, and, a, and just a mo, mo, you know, momentum build in the 70s, um, peaking in, in 77, 78. Um, as far yeah. as some moment, but as far as a moment goes, the two things that come to my mind are MTV Unplugged and Entire Scene. Yeah, well, honestly, I think that for me, when I think of a big, huge moment for Kiss, I, I always think back to 1980 and when Kiss went to Australia the first time. I mean, that whole thing where they went over there and they were in the newspaper every single day for, you know, like they said, even when Gene's shoes got repaired, that was the front news thing in the papers that in australia so i, I always think back that like, if there's a huge moment in history for them internationally it's, it's always been that for me i you know that there was such a big build up to that and even the concerts i mean they had that one that they did on uh on the kissology dvd there you know and 
that's actually one of my favorite concerts to watch actually i i i like that one just because of the fact that it's an odd lineup for me you know with with eric and with ace right so i i i like it i mean it's it could sound better and you know they could have performed better but i think that at that point they were so overwhelmed by the reaction you know that, that they were having at that point because don't forget dynasty while the record did really good for them in 79 that tour wasn't exactly you know very successful for them and, and america was starting to kind of you know the, the the party was over kind of at that point so to go to a country that was loving them and embracing them that much i think they were very happy about that so uh, that's that's the one thing that comes to me instantly total total hype just leaving a trail of poor vendors saying we made all this shit and no one's buying it after they were gone <laughs> ken yeah so one of the thing i think is related to and this is just what do you in the u.s um, no internationally global, global. oh oh okay yeah. Well, well, yeah, and biggest though overall kind of thing. I don't know. I, I just think the related to uh, Lonnie's um, before Lonnie's um, is the the Grammy Awards appearing on there was a huge thing, and that got so much publicity um, with them being on there, and then it, it was all over the news. I mean, it was just crazy after that. Um, that was kind of like the beginning. Um, but otherwise, going back, you know, I, I could say, you know, maybe the the four dates at, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden, uh, something like that in 77 um, or or, you know, Australia. But it was just Australia. Right. They were dead here and dead other places. So I can't really. I mean, it was huge in Australia. I have to admit it, that was huge. Uh, but. A lot of people didn't know about it, at least if you weren't in Australia, you didn't know. Um, so, I mean, th- those are some things. Um, and, and maybe, you know, the, the, you know, the Dodger Stadium thing was kind of, well, there's two Dodger Stadium things, right? Um, no, there's, wasn't one, there? there's one Dodger Stadium. Oh, <clears throat> well, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, back in... Uh, uh, and seven, you know, destroyer. Anaheim. Um, Anaheim. Sorry, it was Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one I think was a big deal because they didn't play, they didn't play stadiums back then, as far as I know, right? Um, they did that, a few. That, they did Atlanta, um, Roosevelt. They 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 went okay. there, they they but went their beak in '76 on yeah. four stadiums. The I think that was a big one. Uh, uh, for them also um, and then the one you went to later you know uh, for Psycho Circus I think was another deal but yeah those are the ones yeah I'm, I'm still pleased you know as someone who didn't get to see a lot of shows um, to actually have seen them in a stadium you know it was uh, you know quite an event alright I'm going to go total global for a global kiss high points uh, to the pop to mind Rio and just to see that wave of bouncing people with the flashing lights and I love it loud that scene uh, I just I was watching a video of it I was gonna use it for uh, for uh, the Eric Carr remembrance thing Uh, but I couldn't remember if that was a not allowed to use or or not so I didn't use it but it was just so crystal clear seeing that audience pulsing and that Mm. to me is just one of the best representations of the mania of a KISS concert where everyone is fully invested in it and you don't have the rich people down front, you know, <laughs> holding their champagne glasses and right. truffles um, because they can afford to be there. That's a heaving mass of humanity responding to the music, even though they speak Portuguese and the band singing in English. So yep. it's just yep. primal and it's just, it sums up music and KISS to me. The other one is going to be Bremen. 1999 and the fu to the authorities we're blowing our wad at the end of the show no pyro <laughs> hey we'll show you pyro you know that is just one of the, my favorite moments in history when they blew bremen up it was uh just a marvelous marvelous occasion 
that you don't expect out of such a corporate band like Kiss. There was no, oh, good, we get to save our money, you know, mm-hmm. that we don't mm-hmm. have to use the uh, the pyro tonight, and we get to badmouth the authorities to the audience like they did in, what was it, Worcester in 83 mm-hmm. on the Creatures <clears throat> Tour when they weren't allowed to use pyro there. And instead, <laughs> boom, Kiss does pyro, this is pyro. Uh, it just <laughs> makes me. And, and there's so many global highlights. Sure. You know, it, it's good to have a, a that great mix, that MTV moment. That was news in around the world. That made news um, when it happened, or at least MTV in, in Europe, because mm-hmm. I remember it. Tiger Stadium, come on, the Grammys, yeah. walking out with Tupac. You mm-hmm. know, the intrepid. You know, Kiss. I mean, that yeah. was what was so good about Kiss. Let's have a press conference. Which aircraft carriers available? <laughs> I mean, that sort of stuff is what we still celebrate and what makes them so good. So those are some good topics on the board this week. We didn't get to some of the other ones, and I'd like to actually do this at some point in the future to talk about second sighting. Is the criticism unfair, or was mm. it just was it Ace's attempt at doing crazy nights? <laughs> <laughs> going the same kind of route into, mm. you know, Ace mm. Frehley goes Bon Jovi. Right. Which yeah. Every other yeah. band kind of did. Uh, very few were able to forge a path uh, back to commercial success after having success previously without reinventing themselves or hopping on a bandwagon. And yeah. Ozzy's Ultimate Sin shifted two million copies. You can see... Love that album. Uh, so do I. Again, <laughs> it needs a remix. But, uh, that's, that's actually a, a very controversial point I'm doing on a live stream that I do now. You know, the Ken, the one that you come on sometimes, the one I yeah. do there with Patrick, we're going to be doing a live stream where we're doing uh, Jakey Lee against Randy Rhodes. Like, and, uh, because me and him both love Jakey Lee much better than Randy Rhodes. And we hmm. think that might be a controversial topic as far Maybe. as playing music that way. But anyways, sorry. You're going to throw Brad into the mix there? I love Brad Gillis. I think that he did a fantastic job on Speak of the Devil. You know, I wish he would have, I really wish he would have stayed with Ozzy. But, you know, he was allured with the, you know, no, Night Range is going to be bigger, bigger, but, you know. Yeah, I got to queue up that uh, that debut tomorrow. All right, that's it for this week. That's some topics on the board. Keep posting those topics. We'll either mock you or we'll talk about your topic. Or maybe we'll do both. Or both. As the case <laughs> may well be. So for now, from Mark, from Ken, Lonnie, and myself, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.